I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The volume. It's the Three and Out Podcast presented by FanDuel. The sports calendar is packed, and there's no better place to get in on the action like FanDuel. There are so many sports to bet. NBA is coming down the home stretch. March Madness is here. You know, we love those 12 5 upsets. The PGA Tour, kind of like Jordan Speed this week. FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long. When you win, you'll get paid fast. Jump into the action anytime during the game with live betting. Love a good live bet. Combine multiple bets for a same-game parlay. Love those two. Good payouts. Can't recommend it enough. So download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050. For 24-7 support, MA, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, 467-369-NY. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-77 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT-INDIANA, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP. Louisiana, visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org. Maryland, 1-800-522-4700. Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net. West Virginia. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Hopefully, everyone had an enjoyable Monday. Uh, free agency was pretty nuts. I'm recording this at about 8:30 at night, and I've waited. I recorded a large part of it during the day, but I waited to see if something happened with Rogers, and it's like. And, you know, I'm not going to stay up all night and just wait on this. So if news breaks about Aaron Rodgers tomorrow, I will include that on the Go Low podcast on Wednesday, uh, especially because this week's not a great golf tournament week, even though actually some guys are playing. But so anything happens with Rodgers, I, I will give my thoughts on that, you know, in terms of the meat on the trade. I'll touch on it a little bit coming up, but the meat of the trade uh, on Wednesday's podcast, me and Coward did a long one on Sunday. It's why I didn't have anything uh, yesterday. But uh, yeah, a lot of other stuff happened. We will dive on into it all. Been a wild day. I mean, fast and furious. The NFL's king for a reason. It, it was pretty enjoyable. Uh, not that I agreed with most of the deals, but it's just it's just cool to see. And uh, yeah, so the plan is today reacting to everything. Not Rogers. And Wednesday, golf podcast, potentially Roger's thoughts on there, and then obviously another pod on Friday. 
So you want to get into the mailbag, did some mailbag questions today. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram, fire in those DMs. Easy to do. At John Middlecoff, Instagram, fire in those DMs. You got any golf questions, go to at Golopod. It's an Instagram account, fire in those DMs. And uh, and yeah, we got a lot going on. Keep rocking and rolling. Uh, football's king for a reason. <laughs> you know, a lot to talk about. My girlfriend's like, what, what are you podcasts about in March and April? I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried. I, I, I worry more about July. Uh, March and April, uh, it makes my job easy, especially, especially weeks like this. But first, I got a couple things to tell you. First and foremost, game time. They're my friends. They're my sponsors. I use them. Go to your smartphone. Go to your apps. Download the game time ticket app. Fastest growing ticket app in America. You want to get tickets for cheap? First time users, type in the promo code John, that's J-O-H-N, and get $20 off. March Madness, all over the country. In a city near you, you want to go to a game? Want to take your son? Want to take your buddy? Want to take your brother? Want to go with your wife? Need to get out of the house? Promo code John, $20 off. Spring training, baseball games, NHL games, NBA playoff games, concerts, comedy shows. If you're going to get outside of the house, take a friend, take your significant other to something, use my promo code John, J-O-H-N, $20 off. As well as my friends that take care of you for March Madness at game time. Us at the volume, because March Madness is taking center stage, we're doing Merch Madness. Just head to the Volumes website and use the promo code Merch Madness for 20% off all merchandise for all of the Volumes personalities, myself included. You want a three and out shirt? You want a go low shirt? We're going to start pushing merch on this show and on the volume. And if you want a chance to compete against Colin, myself, and the rest of the crew, join our bracket challenge. Just head to Yahoo and find the group, the Volumes Merch Madness, or type in bit dot ly slash volume merch madness fill in your bracket and the top five finishers will win volume swag can't recommend it enough let's rock and roll baby speaking of march madness that's essentially what today was now i have waited it is almost 8 30 pacific standard time i'm not just gonna wait up all night because the biggest story in the league has been this roger scenario i assumed like everyone else, you know, in the league, it would happen today. Now, I, it's hard for me to have some crazy take right now. He's being selfish. He's being a drama queen. He wants Tuesday to himself. He wants Wednesday to himself. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I will have that take once we get all the information, whenever the dust settles. Isn't it a little weird that Aaron Rodgers, if you're listening to this and it's happened, that it even took that long for it to happen? Maybe. But maybe there'll be more information that comes out. It feels like he's going to end up on the Jets. But as I'm recording this currently, he is not on the New York Jets, which he spent time in darkness. His team didn't make the playoffs. He's had months to figure this out. Now it's complicated. A lot of money. Uh, You know, he's been on a, you know, he's played for the Green Day Packers for a long time. They're easily one of the biggest brands in America. Anyone who has seen the Green Bay Packers play on the road, for being a small market team, they are not a small market fan base. You know, he, he's he been lucky to be a part of, you know, one of our biggest American sports brands. While New York is the biggest market, the Packers are infinitely bigger than the Jets. And the Jets are a, a big market, especially when they're winning. Now, they haven't been winning, but I don't really know what else to say. Besides, it's hard for me to have an opinion on the situation 
on the trade when, as of recording this, nothing has happened. I don't have the information. I feel like it's easy to like talk some shit about prolonging this out because if you're just taking an educated guess, it feels like it's on Aaron, but maybe it's not. And maybe as the situation comes out, I will react. A couple other things. And maybe this is a domino effect of Lamar, because if they don't get Rodgers, he decides to retire, goes back to Green Bay, which feels unlikely. Maybe they make a run at Lamar Jackson. But if they don't, salary cap all around the league is drying up. And as Colin and I talked about yesterday, we can't universally make fun of Deshaun Watson's contract as being an awful deal. And only Patrick Mahomes deserves that deal to then say, give it to Lamar Jackson on top of giving two first-round picks. Today, uh, unless something crazy happens, doesn't feel like a great day for Lamar Jackson. Money drying up everywhere. And to make a huge contract, you know, not only do you have to have salary cap space, now you can manipulate it. You have to have cash on hand to pay for it. Now, I know there have been reports that Washington still do it and kind of kick the can down the road to the future owner. But every day that this goes by, you would have to say it gets a little less likely that Lamar Jackson is traded. And I, I don't view it as collusion. I just view it as good business. Because I know this. If I was a general manager, I could not give Lamar $230 million. Could I give him 150 Yeah, I, I could. Because that's essentially like three, three and a half year deal. You give him $230 million. Yeah, I mean, the way it works in your cap, you're in bed with him for five or six years, and this is a guy who's missed 10 games in the last two seasons. But today could not be a positive for him. Now, a day I would say that was positive in terms of the headlines, they're signing a lot of players, I think represented something. And let me preface this whole rant by saying this. Sean Payton is a legit top five, six head coach in the NFL right now. Based on resume, there aren't many guys ahead of him currently in the league. And just if you based it on 2023, if you did a draft from scratch, he would, I'm sure, go, if it was up to the owners slash GMs, probably top five or six. So the upgrade from Hackett to Sean Payton is as wide as the state of Texas. Like That is a no-brainer hire for them in terms of a head coach. But when you give a guy $90 million, he then has all the power. Of course he does. I mean, he makes 17 or $18 million a year. He does not know the GM. Now, I watched some of their press conference at the Combine. He acts like he respects them and likes them. But I thought today was very reflective of a coach who answers to nobody. And an owner who says, Sean, we're paying you 90 You do whatever you want to do. And for 15 plus years, and he said this over and over, not just a guy that he respected a lot, but someone that he viewed as his best friend, Mickey Loomis. There was a balance to Sean Payton. Now, part of it was like they signed some bad contracts here and there, and they didn't always have a lot of wiggle room come free agency. But I thought today, I think I read they spent almost $140 million in guaranteed money. They gave Mike McGlinchey $50 million guaranteed. Honestly, I didn't know about much about the guard that they signed Powers from Baltimore. But texting friends in the league, multiple people said, yeah, he's kind of a stiff. Now, both those guys are pretty good in the run game, but today reflected a day where the coach has unlimited power. 
And the general manager is essentially his assistant. And I don't blame Sean Payton for being aggressive. He ain't trying to play the long game. Sean Payton wants to win immediately. And I thought the day reflected that. And I, I think sometimes when you get a coach that has no checks and balances, which to me, when it comes to football, on the field, game planning, no issue with him being the grand poobah. No issue with him having unlimited you know, personnel juice, or excuse me, juice on the game plan, on preparing for the opponent, on once training camp starts. In the offseason, and listen, I'm a little biased. I like the GM. I like the personnel people to have some say. What did Robert Kraft tell Belichick? I don't know. The most accomplished coach in the history of the league. You need to listen to some other people. Because a lot of times, head coaches aren't the greatest. Because in fairness, they're not viewing things, especially a guy of Sean Payton, who's this his second job, making all this money, trying to win big, immediately big picture. And signing those two offensive linemen for almost $90 million guaranteed is borderline laughable. I, I mean, it, it really is. Now, he might counter and say, listen, we're out of some draft picks. We have to utilize the money and the cash that we have available because our owner is very, he's rich, so we can sign huge signing bonuses and then manipulate the cap there. And I go, oh, yeah, I understand that logic. The problem is the people you're paying premiums for, are they that good? Are they worth that type of money? And in a salary cap league, like ultimately with the Saints, for example, they had a lot of money tied up in really good players. When you pay guys like Alvin Kamara, Cam Jordan, Drew Brees, I'm just a couple that come to my mind, over a period of time, and you have a lot of funds allocated in signing bonuses, those guys are high-end players. <laughs> those guys are impact players. Even when they gave Mike Thomas, which has backfired, he had proven before shit kind of fell off a cliff, he was a high-end player. Mike McGlinchey's an average starter. Again, haven't done the film study, got multiple people saying powers, borderline, stiff, laughable. But coaches just view plug-and-play guy. He started somewhere else. There was a reason the 49ers and the Ravens said, see ya, <laughs> adios, we're not paying you that money. And I, 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 the undoing of Sean Payton will not be coaching, will not be schematics, will not be motivating the team Sunday through January. But we've seen it with Bill, who's, in my lifetime, the greatest football coach I've ever seen. Personnel can let you down. Making poor decisions in you know March and April in this league has devastating consequences. It can limit your ability. I don't care how great you are as a play caller, as a schemer, as just an overall head coach. And Sean Payton has proven to be a big-time winner. But clearly with the Saints, there were some checks and balances there. And I just wonder today, if it was any reflection, I don't know if there are a lot of checks and balances currently in Denver. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, 
And that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, that's bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Listen, you can bet on the game any way you want. Straight up, a.k.a. money line, point spreads, team totals. You can also do player props, whether it's points, rebounds, assists, covers it all. And so many more exclusive bets, like two times three. Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. How fun is that? FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com, promo code Colin. That's FanDuel.com, promo code Colin, to learn more. 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050. For 24-7 support, MA, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, 467-369-NY. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-77 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP. Louisiana, visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org. Maryland, 1-800-522-4700. Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net. West Virginia. Okay, one thing you saw today with free agency is the reason a lot of old school people over the years had said, this is not the time when you win big. The NFL is based on draft, develop, and extend. Because that's when you get in this business the best price and bang for your buck. Because typically you can extend early at a price where only you are competing for the player services. And in free agency, especially the last several years, most high-end Pro Bowl-level players do not hit the open market. Why? Because the teams, all these teams, this is not baseball, all these teams have big money because they all get the media rights contracts from the league and the ability to pay their players. And you saw today throughout Monday morning into Monday afternoon, enormous contracts happening for average players. Now, I can find you a shitty home, but depending on where that home is, it will determine the value. 
if I say, hey, this crappy place is on the water at Pebble Beach, it still is going to be inflated as a price, right? Because the land is valuable. The amount you can get for that crappy, you know, teardown at Pebble Beach or Malibu or Jupiter, Florida is going to be a lot different than Stockton, California, right? Phoenix, Arizona. And you saw you pay a premium certain p- places in real estate, not necessarily a better home, but location, 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 an area. You pay a premium if you want to sign a guy in free agency. Why? Because you typically have multiple people bidding on his services. Like to me, you're paying, I, I kind of mess with the math a little bit. You could argue a 30 to 35% premium on a lot of these players. When I saw Mike McGlinchey, now he plays a position that is hard to find. Tackles, pass rushers, obviously quarterbacks, but their position is naturally a little higher than the majority of positions in the sport. Then when you factor in they hit free agency, like I I started to think, what would the 49ers have ever extended McGlinchey for a long-term contract? And that number is probably $30 or below. So the Denver Broncos, to get Mike McGlinchey to sign with their team, gave him $50 million guaranteed. Now, there are elements in free agency where if it's a good guy, a hard worker, a durable player, that some of that inflation's already built in. Like, you feel pretty good if you're the Broncos about getting a guy that you know can just start as your right tackle. If the rest of your team is good, he can be, you know, like he was for the 49ers, arguably their worst offensive player. Arguably their worst offensive player, but full-time starter for five years on a team that went to three NFC Championship games. But relative to their team, you know, they would not have extended him. And then he hits the open market, and to get his services, you're paying a 35 30%, help. some might argue 40% markup for the player. Tremaine Edmonds. You know, the Bears, and I get Roquan Smith didn't want to be there. They traded him to the Ravens. Then they pay this guy $50 million guarantee too. Like, it's just the amount you have to pay in free agency. Like, at at least you know. Here's the the difference is, if I buy a place in Malibu that overlooks the water or Pebble Beach that overlooks the water, even if the house is god-awful and terrible, that is still very valuable. If McGlinchey and Edmonds and these guys that you pay a lot of money to, Derek Carr, do not play at a high level, it's a disaster. Part of the reason we see these people be major, quote-unquote, busts in free agency, because the amount of money I'm paying you is on the Pro Bowl scale. So if you play at an average level, we got problems. (laughs) We got major problems. And when I'm going to pay a premium for your services, that makes me really nervous. My margin for error is slim to none. And you you saw a lot of these contracts today for, let's face it, average to slightly above average players getting paid, you know, like borderline Pro Bowl impact level guys. And that's just not the case. Just because I pay you, like Lane Johnson, doesn't mean you are Lane Johnson. Just because I pay you more money than Fred Warner doesn't mean you're a better player than that. But that's the price of to acquire these guys, their services, in this market. 
And this market is an all it always has been and always will be very, very inflated. So it's why the good teams historically are very, very hesitant, pick their spots, and even then, like they can get burned. It's just part of the sport. And um, I saw a lot of money getting thrown around for a lot of players that if I was on the team, the GM, I'd be pretty damn nervous. Uh, some non-Rodgers quarterback thoughts. I, I would say the biggest name because Carr signed last year or last week and you know the trade with the Panthers and the Bears. Jimmy Garoppolo officially is the Raiders starting quarterback. And they gave a guy who's now back-to-back years, missed games, major injuries, uh, $35 million guaranteed. Gave him three years, you know, fake money, but, you know, close to $70 million. And on the positive element here, it gives you, like Geno Smith, a lot of wiggle room. Good guy. People like him. He's proved when he's on the field to be a productive player. Good with younger players. He's proven you can draft a guy. He can be the mentor like he was for Trey Lance a couple years ago. When Trey was his backup, he was the starter, and he battled injuries, and he got the 49ers. He didn't get them, but he was the starting quarterback on a team that you know, was in the NFC Championship game. Now, a huge part of Jimmy's success has been the surrounding talent and the coach, who is also the offensive play caller. And three things jump out to me on this contract. One, this guy's not a durable player. He was hurt this year. He was hurt the previous year. He was hurt in 2020. The only year when he was durable for the San Francisco 49ers was 2019. 2018, tore his ACL. You know, the the one year when he filled in for Tom Brady, he didn't make it to game three because he got hurt in the second game. This guy gets hurt all the time. So when you sign this player, if Jimmy Garoppolo could just play every game, you would have a serviceable, middle-of-the-road quarterback who's smart, who, you know, gets along with his teammates, who's just a solid player if you have good players around him, which clearly the Raiders, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, uh, Darren Waller, Renfro, have. But I can't count on Jimmy Garoppolo. How do you feel confident that he's going to make it 10 games? Especially the the Raiders offensive line, you know, isn't exactly some world beater. And so the pressure that it puts on Jimmy to play these games, I, I don't know. You pay a guy $35 million, you expect him to start 17 games, and I just don't think you can. The other thing is, what if Derek Carr is good this year? What if he goes to the Saints, a division that stinks, and they win 10 or 11 games, and he is in the playoffs? And Jimmy and the Raiders and Josh are in a division that Best team in football, Chiefs, in it. The Chargers are going nowhere. They're really good. They were a playoff team this year. And if it wasn't for one of the great collapses of all time, should have won a playoff game. The Broncos were an abomination last year. It will be hard, even if they got to figure some things out still, and Russell may never be the same guy. The upgraded coach is the size of the Grand Canyon. So, And those games, while the Raiders beat them twice this year, were hard fought. I'm pretty sure they won one game in in overtime, if I remember correctly. My point is, this division is very, very difficult. So Carr, who you just kicked to the curb, and rightfully so, listen, everything comes to an end, is now with the Saints, they're probably going to have some success. Even if it's 10 wins, it probably wins the division. And then you, who have this injury-prone quarterback, and it's going to be very difficult to have just a solid season because of your division, there's going to be a ton of pressure. Like, I don't know, man. 
I, I think the pressure on Josh McDaniels going into the season is really, really high. And if they end up drafting a quarterback, which Jimmy is equipped to handle that, like, is he a lock to make it to year three if they win six or seven games again, which is very much on the table. Some other quarterback news. It was a little shocking when Jared Stidham, who to me in the couple games he played for the Raiders looks pretty intriguing, goes to Denver as a backup quarterback. Uh, I think like 10 million bucks, good backup money. Interesting player. I mean, the game that he played against the 49ers might have been a one-off situation, but holy moly, was he good. Sam Darnold, you know, couldn't go to a better situation to resurrect his career. One, offensive weapons everywhere. Two, doesn't really have any pressure because he shouldn't beat out Trey Lance. But I would say that they're going to be a backup quarterback. Controversy is the wrong word, but a competition. And Brock Purdy, you know, whether he's ready at the start of training camp, in the middle of training camp, or week one, he is a starting quarterback for the 49ers if he's healthy. But the backup situation is not situated. It is not set. Trey Lance, unlike last year where he was handed the starting job, is just going to have to compete this year, and that's healthy. And if Trey's better, okay. Sam Darnold has started 55 games in the NFL, and he, he showed some signs of life last year. You know, and to me, a backup quarterback, I haven't seen the money. It can't be much. That's a pretty intriguing spot. And if he ends up being your third quarterback, it's a damn good third quarterback. If he ends up being your backup quarterback, pretty good backup quarterback. And ultimately, Sam Darnold fits right in with the 49ers. Guy who's been injured a lot with a couple other quarterbacks who are injured. You know, it's it, it's very uh, on brand. It, it fits perfectly. And uh, Mike White, man. It's interesting with the with the Dolphins. They draft Skylar Thompson last year in the seventh round, who ends up playing at the end of the season because of the injuries. Showed some, actually, some promise, I would say, some nice throws in that playoff game that they, uh, that they lost to the Bills, though. It was a really good game. You sign Mike White. So you got a guy that started a playoff game. You then get Mike White, who, you know, was kind of like this sensation. Is he actually that good? I don't know, but he started some games. He's tough. It gives you some backup plans, uh, Mike specifically, that if you don't end up getting Tom Brady, if Tua gets a concussion, uh, you just have, I think I would rather have Mike White at this point than Teddy Bridgewater. So I like the Stidham. I like the Mike White. I like the Sam Darnold. I like signing quarterbacks that don't have to start, that are young, tough, high-character guys who have proven to be able to handle the backup spot and just get along with a lot of guys. It's a very unique job, right? Because you might end up not playing a snap all season long. And you are just, the, the demand at the position is basically like, be a great guy, be a great teammate, be a great study buddy. But at any moment, a uh, rolled ankle, a uh, broken finger, uh, who knows what, snap of a finger, you're the starting quarterback. So you better not only know what's going on, you got to be like mentally prepared even though there's a chance, again, you do not touch the field. It's a, it's a unique position. There aren't positions like it in sports, right? Every other position in football, because you don't have two kickers on the roster, so every other position has several players, and they all rotate in. In baseball, even if you're a reliever, not a starter, you play, right? If you're the backup outfielder, you still rotate in, and those guys get days off during the season. In basketball, you could be the 12th man, a couple injuries, all of a sudden, you're like, rotating as the seventh guy backup quarterback like we see it every year backup quarterback gets no snaps and with the 49ers sometimes like the backup quarterback 
always ends up starting games. Mike White ended up starting games. Stidham ended up starting games. Sam Darnold started games as the starter, then as the backup, and then came back as the starter. So it's just, it's a crazy position. Think how many quarterbacks in the NFL started their careers as backups. They're good. I mean, even Mahomes started his career as a backup. Aaron Rodgers started his career as a backup. Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins started their careers as backups. Now, Dak, because of injury, started immediately. Cousins took him a minute, right? They, they drafted Russell Wilson to be the backup. He ended up beating him out. The, the quarterback position is just, it's this fluid situation that even if you got Brady or Manning, you, you're one neck injury or ACL injury away from, think how many times, you know, I'll, I'll never, was it Monday Night Football when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone? Boom, you got the backup quarterback in. You, you just never know. It's not like that at other positions because you're just constantly rotating. Even if, you know, offensive line, like at any moment, you know you might play. And every single team, I don't care who you are, never starts the same five offensive linemen all season. It's impossible. Hell, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl. They were rotating offensive linemen all year long because you get injuries. Part of the deal. Uh, wanted to hit on a couple contracts. Most A lot of contracts I don't like just because of the price points. Like, I, I have no problem if the guy's a starter on my team, but you start paying McGlinchey, you start paying Edmonds, like that type of money, it, it's not, those guys have been starting players for playoff teams. I just view it differently once I start paying you premiums. But there are some contracts that like Hargrave, the 49ers signed a $40 million, which is somewhat risky. He's a 30-year-old player coming off the best season of his career. Like, that guy's a plug-and-play ass kicker. The only question is just... He's just older, you know, but he's going into his eighth year. Um, he's just awesome. 11, 11 sacks last year. You put him with Bosa. You put him with Armstead. That, that defensive line with the 49ers takes random guys to become stars. So I, I don't, that's a lot of money for a guy on their third contract at, at defensive tackle. But based on the tape last year, he, he was a complete and utter dominant player. You know, Jesse Bates is a good example. I, I always struggle with this. And if you're a Bengals fan, maybe you know his flaws. Like, I'd be lying if I, I broke down Jesse Bates' tape. But he's a, basically a five-year starter on your squad. You drafted him the second round years ago. Franchise tag last year. On these last couple years, one of the better teams in the NFL. And honestly, for a large percentage, one of the better defenses in the NFL. So I get a guy who has been part of winning starting player in certain teams don't value certain positions. I'm never like that. Like I, I don't care linebacker, safety guard center. When I get an impact player, I like to keep them. Now it's not like Bates is, you know, Ed Reed or, you know, Earl Thomas in his prime. It's not like he's an all pro every single year, a pro bowler, but he's pretty damn good. So I, I love that signing for the Falcons. Um, I think I saw like $23 million in the first year. Their defense has been atrocious the last couple of years. Just the, the Falcons just need more talent. They they got a long way to go. And to me, Jesse Bates could play for my squad any day of the week. Another sneakier signing, just because the guys become a backup. But the reason he became a backup is, one, he can't play right tackle or any other positions but left tackle. And two, it turns out the Eagles just found this incredible rugby gym. And Malata is just a baller at left tackle. So Andre Dillard, who they drafted years ago in the first round, is a good player. Now, 
the one knock on him is he gets injured. You know, he's got some injury question marks. But when he plays, he's a solid left tackle. So to get him for $29 million, Titans obviously, you know, rotating through some offensive linemen, got rid of their center, got rid of their left tackle. I, I think this has got a potential to have pretty good upside for a guy that you didn't need to break the bank for. Like, back to McGlinchey. And again, I feel like I'm crushing McGlinchey, but I am because of the money. If I got to pay Mike McGlinchey $50 million guaranteed, like, if I'm giving a guy $50 million guaranteed, the guy's got to go to the Pro Bowl. A couple years ago, Trent Williams got $60 million guaranteed. Trent fucking Williams goes to the Pro Bowl every year. So you just you got to pay so much money for half the price. I get Andre Dillard, who's a much better athlete. Now McGlinchey's better in the run game, but and McGlinchey's been more durable. But my point is, like the price point in these contracts for non like impact players to me matters. So I get a guy that could start at tackle that's a $10 million player. That's that that's got a chance to be a pretty good value signing. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Okay, let's dive into the mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram DMs wide open. Fire in those DMs with a passion and a fury for life. Uh, as my guy Jim Harbaugh would say, enthusiasm unknown to mankind. At John Middlecoff, Instagram, fire in the DMs. I'm recording this part a little earlier in the day than the open because uh, as of this, I'm recording this about 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. My guy Aaron Rodgers taking a sweet-ass time. Let's start with Bruce. I'm so fucking sick to my stomach. He uh, Instagram DM'd me a picture of Jimmy Garoppolo in the Raiders uniform. Car costs too much. Now we got captain injury at the helm. Pathetic. Yeah, I gave my two cents on that earlier. I think it's a pretty bold move by old Josh McDaniels. Uh, I would probably bet against it, working out. As someone from the Valley, okay, this is Tristan. I'm intrigued by your Pat Hill and Fresno State stories when you were a GA there, so please keep them coming. Also, I'm looking to start a podcast myself inspired by you. Cool. I listened to Coward growing up my whole life and then saw that you were doing a pod with little experience in the industry compared to others like him. Any marketing advice or just advice in general how to get started? Well, you know, I, I had a little experience. I had a radio show for three years in fifth biggest market in America. Hit number one a couple times. So I, I had been talking for a living for several years. Uh, now, when I started this podcast with Colin, it was 18. I'd never hosted anything by myself. Obviously, I've attempted to work out the kinks over the years. I, I still think we're trying to get better. 
um, trying to figure this out as we go. I think depending on if you do it with someone else, it can be a little easier to keep the conversation going. Uh, if you do it by yourself, I've been talking for a living my entire life. My dad used to yell at me to shut up because I couldn't stop talking. So it, it is an attribute that comes naturally to me. right? Like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson have been running since they could walk because fast guys run immediately at a young age. Right, Some guys, good-looking guys, pull chicks early on. Guys like me, we've been talking for a long period of time. And I've been a heavy, heavy sports talk radio guy from probably the moment I was 10 years old. I don't really listen to it as much anymore. I listen to podcasts, but it's something that came naturally because I had consumed a lot and I just naturally never shut up. So if you're going to do it by yourself... You got to be willing to just talk a lot and and it's not easy, you know, just turn on a mic, talk for an hour, see how it goes. Now, if you do it with someone else, you can have more of a, you know, conversational, is that a word? Converse, converse, you can, you can have conversations. Uh, I'm not going on much sleep, so my head's not really working. It, it, It can be more free flowing and it's not as dependent on one individual, but what Colin does on television, live TV is really hard. Like ultimately, this isn't live TV. I'm recording this. And if I screw up, I can edit it always. It is a lot easier than doing a live television show. But it's it's not easy. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but you know, it's a podcasting game, ain't for everybody. On the trade up for quarterback, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes all worked out. True. But all were not the first quarterbacks in their draft. And Mahomes and Watson went 10 and 12. And Josh Allen, there were two quarterbacks taken ahead of him. So I I think it's how you kind of come in. And think about that. Mahomes, Allen, and Watson, if I remember correctly, they didn't mortgage the farm. Pretty sure each of them had to give up the following year's one, if I'm remembering that correctly. But when you look at these enormous deals... Most of them have struggled because I think there's a huge pressure that goes along with, hey, Trey Lance, you were traded for three first-round picks. Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson, you were traded for a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and DJ Moore, who's a stud. Like, that's a lot. And obviously, you flip-flop this year's one. I I think when you get that, you know, kind of, uh, I don't even know what you would consider it, but... The target on your back, that's even the wrong way to put to describe it. It would just be the way your career is defined as a young player. You were the guy the team traded a lot for. The other thing is like Deshaun Watson and Mahomes were kind of good immediately. Right? Josh Allen took a minute, but he got to suck for a year. When I trade a ton of picks for you, you don't really get to suck. You know, you gotta be good kind of immediately. I'm desperate for some help here. Can you help explain these restructured contracts clearing out cap space? It's driving me crazy. Does the cap hit get to a point where it can no longer be restructured? Are they just converting part of the salary to a signing bonus? If so, what's to stop someone from paying all someone's salary via bonus and having no cap hit at all? I figured there was some kind of negative ramification. 
Well, when you give a guy a signing bonus, let's just pick an even number, $30 million, and I give you a multi-year contract, four years, I can amortize that signing bonus over the life of the contract. So when you are just owed, right, if your signing bonus has already been paid out and it's in year three or four of your contract, and I still like you as a player, and your contract coming up is $15 million, and your cap hit's going to be $18 million. I can take, and I could be wrong, a Howie or a Parag might have to correct me on this. I can take that salary, turn it into a signing bonus, and give you 10 or $12 million up front, and then push that back on following years. So the cap hit, you're still getting the same amount of money, <clears throat> but the amount of money that's on the books for this given season is lower. And that's how it constantly gets manipulated. So I think you see a lot of guys that get their contract restructured. It's because they transfer that year's salary, which for a lot of like Khalil Max and Keenan Allens, those are the come to my mind, good players who have a large individual cap hit or salary that year, and then I push it back to previous years. It's why you hear people talk about kicking the can down the road or the bill eventually comes due. Because it's not like you're not going to owe Khalil Mack or Keenan Allen that money. It's just not going to hit your cap this year. He's getting his cash no matter what, but you're manipulating the books. That That's really what's happening. So, yeah, that's, that's the best way that I know how to describe it. How many weeks do you give Sam Darnold to become quarterback one due to injuries? We're ironically about Sam... Like Purdy, who now has an injured elbow, and like Trey Lance, who has a messed up foot, is they're all injury prone. Well, Sam definitely has battled a lot of injuries, and Trey Lance, through two years, has been injured a lot. So I, I, I think he will uh, he'll fit right in. You know, uh, he was a guy that a couple years ago I thought the Niners were going to trade for. They ended up not doing it. The Panthers did it, and then they traded for Trey Lance. So. I think I talked about it earlier, but I, I, I'm definitely intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued, especially when you get guys uh, cheap. Not much of a question, but a content idea for your Instagram or podcast. GM John, each week, pick a team and go into depth on what you would do as the GM for the upcoming season. I'd be really interesting what your ideas you throw out. Well, that's probably a good off-season, a good off-season project. I would say, you know, I, I'm in the reaction business. Uh, I don't create the narratives. I just react to them. So that my podcast is basically a reaction to what's going on. And that's kind of what I do more than like hypothetical stuff. Um, some of that, and I think people even in my business push back, say I should do more of that. Kind of bores me sometimes because I'm not the GM and it's not my pull but you tell me like hey look at what Sean Payton just did who he added to his staff and who he signed I can give you a take on that because I I do have a thought on it but I'm not a huge like hypothetical guy what you should do because I don't have any control over it right like George Payton and Sean Payton are going to do what they're going to do then I will give my opinion on what they did I don't know if I'm right or I'm wrong and I'm not in the right or wrong business I'm in the entertainment business and luckily I have thoughts on a lot of these things that happen in the NFL and in college football and in, on the PGA Tour. But 
I like reacting to things that actually happen or actually probably going to happen. Like so-and-so is on the trade block. Then I'll tell you, like, I think these couple teams should trade for him. Right? Like, if Lamar Jackson is available and he'll sign for $200 million, I'll give you a couple teams. And I said, I think Houston and Detroit should definitely sniff around on him because they got multiple picks. But, you know, I'm not... The hypothetical stuff kind of bores me. And I think one thing I try to do on this podcast is I try to talk about things that excite me because I think that's what makes a good listen is what excites me. What I'm fired up about is what you're going to enjoy, right? You're coming to listen to my opinions. Uh, Long-winded way to answer your uh, statement. But I I appreciate you uh, shooting content ideas. I'm never opposed to content ideas. Content is not really my issue. I, we go pretty strong about 10 months a year. Hey, John, enjoying the pod. With the Raiders signing Jimmy Garoppolo, what do you believe we will use our first-round pick on? It seems as if we might take a major defensive player, but I can't help but draft a quarterback to sit under him for a year similar to Mahomes. Well, remember, he did that with Trey Lance two years ago. I, I think that this is a good example of a hypothetical. We know the Raiders are going to draft someone in the top 10. But could it? will they still take a quarterback, or now are they more inclined to take a position player? I still think they will be sniffing around the quarterbacks. Now, where they're drafting, you know, the Panthers are going to take someone at one, the Texans are going to take someone at two, the Colts, obviously, either if they trade up a spot or where they sit are going to take a quarterback more than likely. So the, the several quarterbacks are going to be gone by the time that they pick. But I would say that would still be in play. Now, if you look at Josh McDaniels, he was with the Patriots when they took Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round, when they had Brady. So it to me, it would be on the table. And I don't think Jimmy, you know, makes it impossible for them to take a guy in like the third round. Because look at some of these guys historically that go in the second, third, fourth round. Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. Hell, Brock Purdy last year was in the seventh round. You can get starting quarterbacks not in the top ten. So as of right now, given that several quarterbacks would be up the board, I would take a position player, like you said, preferably on defense or an offensive lineman, and take a quarterback later in the draft. But I would probably still draft a quarterback if there are guys in the second, third, fourth round that I'm excited about. For the mailbag, what do you think would be another option for the Giants to sign a quarterback if they don't sign Jones? Well, they did sign Jones was today. Uh, You're saying if they hadn't signed Jones, what else would they have done? I would imagine they would have been in the Jimmy Garoppolo market. Uh, I would imagine that they would have... Who else is really out there? You know, a lot of Mike Whites, Sam Darnolds, you know, and uh, Jared Stidham's. So they were always going to re-sign Daniel Jones or franchise him. So it was never an option of Daniel Jones not to be their quarterback whether it was the franchise tag, and Albert Breer wrote a lot about it today, the negotiations back between the agents and uh, Joe Shane, the general manager. So, you know, he he was always going to be their quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, it would make more sense if you're the owner of the Giants. You know the guy. He's played for you. You finally saw some signs of life this year to just stick with DJ another year. My pushback on that deal was like the amount of money. Uh, I just don't know who they were bidding against, even though I, I get that they liked him. Uh, that, hell, they really like him at, at that much money. 
First time listener or long time listener and second time questioner. Love the mailbag segment and your insight reach out. Dolphins fan, but question about the Jets regarding something I heard in the Coward podcast talking with Dave Wanstead. I always enjoy Dave Wanstead with Colin. He's mentioned typically defensive coaches and defensive guys like to run the ball and keep their defense rested. I know the Lamar contract is wild and that his demands are outrageous, even with his injury history, but with his age, wouldn't he be a better fit for the Jets than Aaron? Sala is a defensive-minded coach, and Brees Hall in one year has shown he can run the ball with success. Their D is good, and they can win games by keeping the powerhouse AFC quarterbacks off the field. I thought this while watching the Super Bowl. You can't let Mahomes back on the field. Thoughts? Well, as of recording this, Rodgers isn't officially on the Jets. I think the difference is, is you get Aaron, he just he's more of a guarantee than Lamar. Because one with Lamar, especially now, like you got to factor in, it's Nate Hackett. So Nate Hackett and Aaron, there should be a seamless fit in terms of your offense. The other thing is Aaron, once he started having a lot of success after the first year with LaFleur and he won back-to-back MVPs, the Packers were pretty good at running the ball. And really their offense became, you know, obviously Devontae was exceptional, but Aaron Jones became a star. A.J. Dillon really came on. I think it might have been his first, maybe even a second MVP year, Jamal Williams. Maybe he left after LaFleur's first year. I don't remember. But he had a lot of success, Aaron did, in, you know, the the Kyle Shanahan physical. They, they ran a lot of zone stuff, but with the running backs playing a big, big role on the team. Something that they didn't really do under McCarthy. Now, he won MVPs with McCarthy, but I, I thought he, was, he played his best football of his career. Uh, the back-to-back years he won the MVP. And I even thought the second year he won the MVP, would that have been 21 when they had the one seed and they, they lost to the 49ers? I thought he had kind of mastered the quarterback position in terms of just complete control. He was still an explosive down-the-field passer, but he knew the run game and just, you know, getting the ball out of his hands fast. Uh, I, I, and that guy isn't that far removed. I know last year was a struggle, but I, I thought Aaron Rodgers two years ago, the way he played that season was some of the best quarterbacking we've seen in a long time. You know, Mahomes, some elite Brady, some elite Peyton Manning. Like, it, it was it was big time. And if you think you can get that version, that's better than anything Lamar Jackson's bringing to the table. Plus, like, Aaron costs you a lot of money, right? Let's say he ends up being on your team for a couple of years and you pay him $100 million. Committing $200 million to Lamar Jackson and giving up your ones... Again, don't have the trade compensation, assuming Aaron goes to the Jets. It's You still have more assets doing the Aaron Rodgers. It's a shorter-term solution, but I think it gives you more flexibility long-term because you still have the picks. Again, a lot of unknown at recording, but uh, I would, if I was the Jets, I would rather have Aaron Rodgers and my picks than trade the two first-rounders, and give Lamar $230 million. Appreciate everyone listening. Free agent news is going to keep flowing. We'll keep talking about it. YouTube channel, this podcast, my Instagram feed, a lot of content out there. Let's keep rocking and rolling, baby.
Volume. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.